Hello and welcome to Developing the Leader Within Podcast, an award-winning podcast where I interview the top players in the leadership arena and we dissect leadership, management, and career development from all angles. My name is Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez and I use my more than 20 years of experience in leadership development to dig deep into complex issues and bring you the answers you were looking for. If a topic resonates with you and you would like to explore how to overcome it, reach out to me at calendly.com backslash triad leadership solutions to discuss ways to succeed. Welcome back to another episode. We are in the UK this week and speaking with Sylvie Louis. Sylvie is an executive voice, accent, and communications coach. She is also a DEI and intercultural corporate communications consultant that is empowering confident voices globally. Sylvie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Enrique. It's so lovely to finally be able to speak in person. Well, thank you for joining me. I, I was chatting with you earlier. I did not want anyone else to cover this particular topic about voices and your voice uh, except you. And folks, we will be discussing just that, speaking about using your voice as a tool for leadership. Now, before we get into that, Sylvie, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm an executive voice accent and communications coach, which means that I help people with building their vocal confidence, uh, finding out how to use their voice, how they feel about their voices, because it's so interconnected with our identities, where we are in the world and who we are. And also, um, when we're looking at effective communications, that leads into all different sorts of things like presentations, meetings, pitches and things like that. So when we have to use our voice in these types of settings, um, this is kind of what's the most important thing is to be able to speak well, to speak confidently, to feel good about ourselves when we're doing it. And that's how it leads into some accent work as well, because sometimes as international expats, English might not be our first language, it might be our third, fourth, fifth language. And the thing is that when we understand um, actually, more so that if we are understood by other people, especially if they don't have the exposure to our languages or our accents, it helps us to empower ourselves to be able to speak the way that we can in the way that we know exactly what we need to do rather than having to adjust to somebody all the time. So it just kind of gives them another tool inside their pocket that they can pick up whenever they want to use it. So that's kind of a little bit of what I do. Outstanding. Now, I had shared this with you before, and I think it was on one of your posts. When I was a younger uh, sailor, right, early in my years in the Navy, my accent was an issue. A and I was in meteorology, oceanography, and so I had to brief. You have to stand up in front of people. You have to present the weather mm -hmm. in a way scientifically based and, and your forecast and all of that. And for the first two or three years, I was in in a sense, uh, berated for my accent. I was looked down upon because they could not understand me, or it better say one person could not understand me out of all people, uh, but it was an issue. And so I had dove into di uh, digesting really the dictionary and how to pronounce words. Now, back then, computers were not a thing, uh, and mm. I had to kind of create this new me based on the trouble that I was seeing in terms of my accent. 
Now, I wanted to ask you what got you into the voice arena because it's not that many people that cover this. Yeah, it's a really, really small group of people who end up studying voice, actually. Um, so how I fell into it? Well, looking back at all of my studies, it actually really is aligned what I've studied and what I do now today. Um, I haven't been the person who just studied one degree and jumped around to something else, because looking back, it has literally set me up for what I do today. I started off with a bachelor's of art in speech communication and fine and performing arts. Then I studied a little bit deeper into voice through some acting work for only about a year to two years. Um, but that's when I really started understanding what the voice was because we had some courses in it. And then from really falling in love with the voice rather than acting itself, I went a little bit deeper to find my voice in an intensive that I did in Canada. Um, and once I found my voice, I didn't know what I was going to do, but um, I ended up looking to see what other types of studies I could do to help other people find their voices. And so there were only about five masters of voice programs in the world. And I ended up getting into one of them in the UK, which is where I am now today. And um, that's really how I ended up doing uh, my master's of voice and then ending up teaching voice as a profession. Uh, most people who do study it will go back into um, performance and teaching performers how to use their voice, which is the fundamental and history of where voice production and working on your voice comes from. But I've bridged the work um, and married it also with soft skills and communication skills so that I can help people who don't usually get the exposure to this type of work to help them to also develop their own voices. So that's kind of how I fell into it, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it seems like, uh, as you mentioned, it was just aligned. One thing led to another and you were able to capitalize on your background. Not that many people get to use their bachelor's degree <laughs> and a lot it's of people true. do jump into other things, uh, which is uh, amazing uh, for you and, and the work you do. Now, I saw several uh, uh, postings about your work now, uh, going back into group settings and presenting in person. And that has changed, obviously, in the last uh, handful of years, or at least three. And so you're speaking to groups, you're speaking to uh, corporations, speaking to leaders, uh, uh, undoubtedly in that group. So what are the greatest mistakes you see leaders make when using their voice? I think um, when we're talking about what types of mistakes people use, I don't think they're aware that it's a mistake. It's usually a habit or a pattern in, that is quite ingrained in, in how we do life, let's just say, and, and how we come across. Because when we're thinking about a professional workplace, a lot of the time there's hierarchy that comes into play. There's our own imposter syndrome that comes into play. And all these different things start to impact how our voice should come out or how it might just come out because sometimes the nerves that we've all felt before in a meeting or in a presentation we can't control how our voice comes out and sometimes that becomes someone's everyday voice at work and then they find that their voice is different in their home and so what I would say about leaders and their voice sometimes it's 
the the pitfall is the idea of what a leader should be and then trying to adhere to a textbook definition of it and then trying to find your voice that way rather than really finding your own authentic voice understanding who you are and how you come across as an actual person speaking in a leadership role rather than trying to play the leader if that makes sense um, but that also falls into the same category with anyone in any role even if it's not a leadership role when they think that they have to be something and then it doesn't come across as genuine through the voice. I, I love that because you know there are some things we think leaders should be, right? <laughs> and I, I love that you bring that up or what you think because leadership in in totality has decorums, right? There there are some practices that make great leaders and separate them from let's say poor leaders. Leaders nonetheless, whatever you say it, Either you're in a seat or you're actually executing the full entire role of a leader. But when it comes to a voice, it has to be independent. It has to be yours. And I totally agree with your comment there where leaders are now looking to match their voice with what they assume a leader's voice is. And they forego the, what I would say, the uniqueness of them and presenting mm -hmm. themselves as a leader with their voice. Um, and so I, I love that. Now, when you talk about uh, struggles, right? Because you say, hey, that's not just a leadership thing. This is a person thing, this is a people. Uh, and, and it does, it does span a people. It's just people. Um, so why is it that it's so important to dominate your voice especially when you have so many things competing for you to imposter <laughs> another voice, right? Just, just use someone else's voice. Why is it so important for us to dominate ours? That's a really great question. And I'm not sure I would use the word dominate our voice because I think there's, there's in language, words have so many emotions to them. And when someone hears the word dominate, Sometimes a lot of tension comes into our body. And the thing about the voice is that we want it to be nice and free. We want it to be supported. We want that projection with a nice ease and projection. But I would say um, the reason why we should place importance on working on our voice not necessarily above all everything because other things need to be done first before you know what you can say and what what you want to say and how to phrase it and how to craft it together but once you figure out all that background information it's really important to work on your voice to understand how that message is coming across because even though we spend so much time figuring out exactly what we want to say the moment that counts is when it comes out of our mouth, when we are actually giving that message and, and how it lands and how it impacts your listeners is the key. That is that solution right there that can happen right away if they take on exactly what you've said in the right way and the way that they need to take it as well. So I would say the, the reason why it's so important to work on our voice is because it really matters how the listener is impacted by how we share something through our voice. But if we don't work on that, we can't tweak the little tiny different things inside our voice that can help them to understand us, help them to take in the information the way that we want them to take it in. 
um, because we'd be doing it through our own habits. And that might not be helpful because a lot of the times we aren't self-aware enough to know what those habits even are, or even to be able to read that situation so that we know how to tweak our own communication or our own voice in that specific setting. Does that, does that sound about right to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like the fact you bring up the dominance word it is very almost combative, possessive, right? But uh, when I'm when I'm talking about dominance, it's just making sure that you actually uh, harness your your own voice and you start to use that and start to explore that. So yes, I I, I love your uh, explanation there in terms of that. Now I I've heard a lot of people say, "Hey, I don't care what you think." <laughs> I'm going to say how I want to say it, whether you like it or not. You know, there there are a lot of soft skills that have to come into play when you start developing a voice and really caring about how it lands on somebody. Because I've seen a lot of people uh, get broken down. I was one early and I mentioned my my little uh, uh, experience <laughs> with the uh, accent and voice. But there are some people that just don't care. And, and they'll tell you how it is based on them, right? Based on them. And there's a lot of struggle. We, we struggle a lot of times whether we want to compose this to land, right? Or we just want to say it regardless. And so why do you think that people struggle so much with using their voice? You mentioned adopting somebody else's voice because sometimes we think that's how we, you know, they want, they want to hear it and things like that. Why, why so much struggle? Well, something that you bring up that's really important is that the people who don't care about um, how their voice is taken because they want to do it their own way anyway are likely the type of people that also don't aren't aren't very open to listening to everything as well. And so when you when we're talking about leadership here, because I know you focus more on leadership, what is a great leader, right? A great leader does listen. A great leader does take everything in and then figures everything out and then gives the information out rather than just saying, this is my way, I'm going to have my blinders on. And so it reflects everything that has to come out in the voice because it's a mindset thing, right? Depending on what our mindset is like, it's going to formulate how we want to communicate and how we feel like we should communicate. And so when I'm teaching voice, I look at everything from a very holistic approach and everything from a very inclusive lens because um, to get the most out of someone so that they're not struggling that much is to help them to develop their full potential, which is to help them to recognize what their strengths are and to help them understand where their opportunities for growth are. So once they understand that, you can help them to grow there rather than just berating somebody about what is their weakness. And it not, isn't necessarily a weakness in that regard. It's that subjective opinion of that specific person at the same time. So if we're able to see things from a very big perspective like that, we won't feel like that we're berated just because our accent um, is not understandable or very clear to a specific person. But we start to understand that, oh, this person's not understanding me, but these people are. Okay, so what do I need to do right now to help myself, to help him understand me? And so when we start to ask these types of questions, we no longer have the 
immediate victimizing a feeling inside our own bodies a feeling that we're not enough because that is such a hard thing to also overcome over time and it's a lot of trauma that happens to our voice to our emotional well-being and when we feel confident about our voices it takes a long time to get to that place to really feel like we have fully like you say harnessed our entire voice and to use it in the way that we want to so that's why I think we have to be very careful very mindful um, with giving feedback to people but also to help people to develop in a good way as a leader is to help them to understand how their voice is coming across are they using their voice are they what are, what are they missing but how do you then phrase that with your voice to give it in a nice mindful approach so that they can continue growing but still have that feedback that they need so they know what they need to work on yeah absolutely it's funny you mentioned uh that uh scenario i, I chose to go to the dictionary i mm-hmm. chose to make words account and matter more uh, but i did it from a <laughs> victim side right it was it was more like no one's ever gonna do this to me again i improved i got educated i was able to surpass that time in my life and propel i mean it allowed me to succeed like you would have no idea but it was still inspired in a very uh, tense uh, moment in my life. You mentioned trauma. Uh, leaders need to understand that sometimes when you speak in a voice that's not yours and you have not taken the time to consider how it lands, it causes trauma. And then now you start killing off your team from inside. And so... Mm-hmm. That's one of the important things about that I see about making sure uh, that you're talented in doing this voice thing and using your voice uh, effectively, efficiently, and for the betterment of your team, because I've seen it go sideways. And, and I tell you, it doesn't really doesn't feel good. And, and your team has to go deal with that every day. So mm. leaders uh, in a position Uh, to get better so what's one thing and you and you mentioned one but what's one thing that uh, leaders can do today to start using their voice effectively I would say the number one thing is to listen first to listen openly and listen really really well to some of the things that aren't even said in between the pauses uh, what that tension in their breathing whoever that you're speaking to is like because then you can read the situation so much more And once you've had some time to take all these little tiny details in, it will inform exactly how you should be using your voice next. So that would be probably the number one most like umbrella thing I would say would work for everybody. Um, But there are a lot of leaders that will look for something more general, like um, they get put into a leadership role, a managerial role, and um, they don't know how to kind of assert their authority. But there's the idea of authority as well and the grounding of our voice that helps us to convey a little bit more of the firmness that comes from the bottom side of our voice if we're connected to our bodies some of us aren't very connected to our bodies and our voices kind of sometimes only come from our neck or only in our head and then we don't really believe the authority as much than when it's in the body so sometimes finding that groundedness in the voice can help you as well if you're struggling to find some authority in your leadership I love that. Listen, get grounded. I had a, a one lady comment on 
after we had chatted for a while and she said, Enrique, you have this quiet strength in your voice, in, in your presence. And I was like, quiet strength, <laughs> you know, strength could come from something quiet, but it's because I guess the groundedness that you talk about right now, finding somewhere where you are grounded, it, it makes you a pillar. It makes you a pillar. And it allows you to speak in a way and without having to force your way through in a way where it's impactful as it's coming out and people feel that. And you and as for the leaders, people feel your words. They feel your words. Now, you, it's funny because you mentioned, uh, right, you know, communication right out of your throat or your head and your body. I've seen communication words come out and the body's saying something else <laughs> and it's it's comical after it's not comical during but uh how people can actually get those two things uh confused now that's a communication thing right not necessarily your voice uh and so leaders also be mindful that your voice is one thing and communication and how you present is two things it, they they cannot uh you know compete Right, they have to be in in unison. Now, yeah, they definitely need to be working. Uh, you have to work on both of them, then put them together, right? Because groundedness is not an idea. It is literally your body is supporting you in doing that. But it also depends on all of your own personal habits. If you have big um, habits and breath holding or tummy tension in your abdominal muscles and things like that, then those things need to be worked on so that you can release them a little bit to get that nice support for that nice round full voice that will come out as that grounded and calm and assertive voice that you want. Absolutely. Now, there's, there's a lot of leaders that need help in this area. Not that many that will admit it, but, but there are some that are looking to become better at using their voice, become better at finding, uh, become better at getting grounded so that their leadership can grow and their influence can grow. Uh, and they can become more uh, of a contributor to their organization or the people they lead. So if they wanted to get a hold of you, get your coaching, maybe get your training or hire you to, you know, help them uh, get where they need to be, how would they do that? Um, well, you can go visit my website, which is voicetraininginlondon.co.uk, and you can send me a message to the messaging system there. Or you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is Sylvie Louie, um, the way that it's spelled on the screen, uh, with M-F-A-F-R-S-A -S afterwards. And then on Instagram, I am SLVC Voice Coach, and it will be the same on Facebook as well. But probably the website and LinkedIn are the best ways to find me. Outstanding. Well, folks, we're going to have that as part of the show notes and the video so that you can get a hold of Sylvie. Sylvie, thank you so much for being with me today, covering this important topic. And as leaders, if this is not part of your strategy, you're, you're already failing. I'm telling you right now, voice and getting that clarity and how to use your voice is so important. So I thank you. Sylvia, for being with me today and covering this. Thank you so much, Enrique, for the chat. I've really enjoyed chatting with you on it. And I hope that it inspires other people to work on their voices and keep being a great vocal leader. Absolutely. Now, folks, I want to remind you, 
that today's episode is sponsored by Triad Leadership Solutions. If you've enjoyed this episode and learned something interesting about the topic covered today, make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment right now. Now, we're always looking for new ideas and guests that we can add to our show. So if you know someone or have a topic that you would like featured on the podcast or want to sponsor the podcast, we'd love to hear about it by emailing us at triadleadershipsolutions at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle. And as we like to end the show, success. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Triad Leadership Solutions and on Twitter at TLS underscore FL. Thanks again. I'll see you next week and success to you.